Hi, this is Bo Pilgrim with Bo Knows Insurance. Welcome to my podcast where insurance is made simple. We're going to give you the knowledge that you need to make sure that your insurance is doing its most important job, protecting your assets. Let's dive in. Bo Pilgrim and Bo Knows Insurance and Reed Insurance. Today I'm going to talk to you about the claims process for an auto insurance claim whenever you're not at fault, meaning the other people are at fault. You have been involved in an accident and someone else is responsible for the accident that's happened. They're going to be responsible for the property damage to your vehicle as well as also any sort of bodily injury that you have incurred as well as everyone else that's in the vehicle with you. So all right, let's start talking about the claims process. So you've been involved in an auto accident, you or one of your family members, and it's in one of your vehicles. What are you gonna do? The very first thing is you need to make sure that you call the police. Call the police or whatever uh, authority should be there at that time. Make sure that you get them there. This is really important for a few reasons, but one of them is so that you can have some sort of a legal document to verify that the accident did happen and it happened as you state it did. On that record, it's gonna have several different things that are really important to you for your insurance claim. One of them is gonna have what happened. It's gonna have the time and date, that way you can reference you know, where it was located at and also what the weather was like and all those different things like that. It's gonna have both of y'all's information on there. It's gonna have your names, who owns the vehicle, it's gonna have your contact information, as well as also what the insurance company information is as well. All these different things are gonna be on there, including if there's any witnesses. So if there's any witnesses, as well as a diagram of the incident, all that stuff will be on there and can become important in the claims process. Another thing that you can do while you're there is you can go ahead and just approach the other party and just say, hey, would you mind if we shared you know, insurance information with one another? And you can just simply use your cell phone, take a picture of that, that way you have that for your records also in the event that there's any sort of ambiguity or, or questions about that. So, all right, so the claim has happened, you've got the report, and now you're ready to you know, make sure that it has been reported. You know, you're gonna be waiting to hear from your adjuster. Well, go ahead and do reach out to your insurance company even though you are not at fault. You know, if you have an independent insurance agent, they will help you to understand what the process is. They will wanna keep a copy of that record on your file. And then also, if there's any sort of problems or you just need assistance, they will be there to help you in that claims process. So you turn the claim in, you told your, your uh, insurance agent about it. They've made a copy of the report and what are the, whatever other documents that you have. What you do next is you wait to hear from an adjuster. You should hear from them within 24 hours. Sometimes it may take a little bit more time, but typically it should be within 24 hours. If you haven't heard from them, you may need to go ahead and just report that claim for, for uh, on your own. But let's just say that everything goes smoothly and you know, the process is moving ahead. So the first thing that's gonna happen is the adjuster's gonna contact you and, and give you one of three options. Either one, they're gonna come out and they're gonna take a look at your vehicle themselves, estimate the damages, and then they will tell you, okay, this is what we believe it will take to fix your car. Do you have any sort of medical bills or do you need a rental car? And then you'll provide them with that information and they'll take care of those things for you. Now, you in this scenario, you will go to whatever body shop it is that you prefer and provide them a copy of the estimate to show what the damages are and then they should be able to take care of those damages for you. 
Um, in that scenario, typically they're going to pay you directly and then you will pay the body shop for the damages that were done. Second scenario is they, the insurance company may have a preferred shop or a pro shop. All that means is just that they already have agreed upon uh, working with certain companies inside of your area, meaning you know different body shops. They have a contract with them where they will take care of damages and estimates for them in a geographic area. You know, this is a good situation for you because it helps cut out one of the middlemen and also helps speed up the process for you. You can bring it to the body shop, they can take a look at it, make an estimate, and then actually just schedule when they're going to fix it for you. And they just take care of it. There's no haggling over how much it's going to cost to fix it. They just have already agreed that the body shop will take it, take care of it, take a look at it, tear the vehicle down, get the right parts, and get it back to you as it was before the damages ever happened. In that situation, they pay the body shop directly and you don't have to worry about, you know, getting money and then turning it over to them or anything like that. Also, the, typically the repairs are guaranteed for the life of the car. As long as you own that car, those repairs are typically guaranteed for you. Uh, if there's any question, you know, this helps eliminate any sort of questions about, okay, well, they we had an estimate, well, they found out something else is damaged in there, you know, the body shop will just be able to take care of all of that at one time. Well, third scenario is, the insurance company may say, okay, we'll go to a couple body shops that you like, get a couple estimates, and then we'll pay from the lesser of the two. Um, this is a situation where they will probably also, again, pay you, and then you have to pay the, the body shop. Some situations, they may pay both of you, and you both have to sign it or pay the body shop once you have elected which body shop you want to use. So that's the three different situations. Uh, once, once you have established that, okay, the vehicle's damaged, this is how much it's gonna cost. This is how long I'm gonna be out of a car. They will then provide you with a rental car at their expense for a like and kind vehicle. So if you have a subcompact car, they're gonna give you a subcompact rental. You have a pickup truck, they're gonna give you a pickup as a rental. If you have a SUV of some sort, a minivan, they're gonna give you similar type vehicle um, for you. If there's a misunderstanding, just understand that if you need a larger vehicle because that's what you drive, they should be able to provide you for that. Now, understand depending on where you live, it may be a little delay in getting a type of vehicle for you because of you know the rental market and just also be, if you happen to live in a rural area. But understand that they're gonna take care of that. Well, let's say that you have medical bills. They should set up for you, doctor, you know, paying the expenses of any sort of medical visits that you have, prescription drugs, any sort of rehabilitation, as well as also any sort of testing, such as MRIs, blood work, anything like that. They are gonna take care of those things for you. Now, um, what if you haven't heard from the insurance company? It's two, three days later, and you haven't heard from anybody. Well, there's a couple of scenarios that you can, you can follow. One of them is, you can report to claim yourself. If you have a copy of the police report, that provides the information for the other party's insurance, you can call that insurance company and report it themselves or your independent agent will be glad to help you with that process. In this situation, if you have the police report, remember, you have to have the police report. You can call them and say, hey look, I had an accident with your, with your claimant. Um, I don't see that you know, anybody has called me yet. Can we report a claim? <clears throat> They're gonna ask you several different questions. One of those is gonna be, do you have a copy of the police report? You can tell them that they will either ask you to send it to them or they will get it a, a copy of it themselves. But 
This is the key. This will verify, yes, they did actually hit you because otherwise <clears throat> they're going to be dependent on their client calling them and reporting the accident for them. Um, you know, they're, they are tied to that. So you have to have that police report. Well, okay. So there's two different situations. You know, once you, once the claim is turned in, however it's turned in, the process is very similar. You know, one of those three different options, either they'll adjust it, tell you to go to preferred body shop or tell you to get a couple estimates and then everything else will follow there after that. Well, what happens if, if the person hits you doesn't have any insurance? You know, unfortunately that does happen. You know, in every state it is, it is illegal to drive or operate a vehicle if you don't have insurance. However, there's many people that just don't. And there's several different scenarios where they will not have insurance that could apply to your damages. You know, statistically, it has been proven that in the different states that it is anywhere from 5 to 30% of people do not have insurance. One of those is in Texas, one of the states we write in, it's 8%, meaning almost 1 in 10 people do not have insurance. In Louisiana, that number is 12%. That's a little bit more than 1 in 10 do not have insurance. Arkansas, it's 19%. That's almost 20%. And then in Mississippi, that number climbs to a staggering 29%, meaning 29% of drivers on the road have no insurance. Now, these are just people that operate a vehicle. This is 29% of people that own a vehicle do not have insurance. You know, that is illegal for that, for that to happen, but it is a fact in each and every one of the states. Um, that means they don't have insurance. So if a claim happens, they're not going to have insurance to apply to pay for your, your property damage or any of your medical bills. The thing is though, is that you need to understand that those numbers are actually going to be higher than that because there's two other scenarios where someone may not be insured that's driving. One of those is a lot of insurance companies have exclusionary language in their policies, meaning that there's limitations in the policy stating that if you live in the house and you operate that vehicle, you are automatically excluded. That's why it's important that everybody in your house be listed as a driver. You know, if you talk to your independent insurance agent, they can help you to understand if that applies or not to your policy. But just understand out there, many insurance companies will not cover somebody if they're not listed as a driver and it's proven they either have regular access to that vehicle or they drive uh, they, or they live in that house or they just period drive it at all. In that case, there's no insurance. That raises that number higher. Well, third scenario that, that that number does not include is people who are intentionally excluded. When I say that, it means that the person who owns that vehicle and owns the policy, they, they literally signed a document stating that they know that that person was not covered as an insured driver. They would do that because either one, they're just young or they have a lot of violations and it was going to make it cost prohibitive to them to insure that person. In those situations, there is no insurance that's going to apply. Absolutely no insurance will apply from their policy. So what do you do? Well, one option is you could sue them, right? Well, here's the just cold reality. 
if they can't afford insurance, they are probably not going to have the funds to either pay out of pocket or to be able to have uh, wages garnished or anything else. They're just not going to have some sort of a source to probably take care of those things for you. You can pursue it, but unfortunately, you're probably going to run into a dead end. What do you do in these situations? Well, there's an add-on you know, there's an add-on that you can add to your policy that will take care of this. You can add this on or you could just decide to pay it out of your pocket. But you know, paying it out of your pocket doesn't feel right, correct? You can add on a coverage called uninsured motorist coverage. Uninsured motorist is exactly what it says. It's it is for an accident where the people who hit you or caused an accident have no insurance. Then this means that your policy under that uninsured motorist coverage will apply to you, to your bodily injury or also your property damage. But understand there's two parts to that. Uninsured motorist has bodily injury and property damage. Bodily injury has to be bought first and then if you have that you can buy the property damage. Bodily injury is going to take care of your medical bills, medical expenses, all those different things that are associated with that accident that is not your fault. The property damage is Property damage is going to fix your car or anything that you've got that was damaged as a result of that accident. Both of those incidences are not a chargeable accident against you. Now, depending on the state, you may or may not get by the property damage part of it if you already have collision. State of Louisiana, you, if you have collision coverage for your vehicle, you cannot buy the property damage portion of uninsured motors, but you still can buy the bodily injury portion of it. In the states of Louisiana, I'm sorry, in the states of Texas, Mississippi, and Arkansas, you can have uninsured motors property damage instead of collision. You know, typically it has a lower deductible, and also it, remember, it is not a chargeable accident against you if you have those coverages. So you can file it underneath those coverages. They'll take care of your medical bills, your property damage, and I suggest you carry the same limits on those as you have on your liability. So what's another scenario? Another scenario is. The insurance company calls up and they say, hey, we can't pay anymore. We're not paying anymore. We have exhausted the policy limits. What does that mean? And what do you do now? You know, you know you're sitting there wondering, you get that phone call and you think like, how can this be? How can you say you, you, know, you have accepted responsibility and now you're telling me you're not going to pay anymore? That doesn't seem right. And that, that doesn't seem like that's even legal. Well, the reality is, is that every policy has a limit to it. And a lot of people have low limits, unfortunately. You know, a lot of times people will have what is called state minimum limits. You know, your insurance agent, understand this, this is a little side note. Your insurance agent has not done you a good job. They have done you a disservice if they've allowed you to walk out of their office or to buy state minimum liability limits. They have done you a disservice. You should ask them why did they do that and find yourself another insurance agent. I highly recommend you, cho you choose an independent insurance agent because they will help you to understand the coverages that you have and what that means to you. So let's say that they, whoever the person was, you know, the claims process is going through, man, they, the adjuster has responded quickly. They've taken care, you know, they have gotten your vehicle in to get uh, an estimate for it. You have gone to the doctor to get you know examined to see what kind of rehabilitation that you may have for the accident. They've been paying and then all of a sudden you get the call and they say look hey we've spent all the money um, that they have there's, there's no more money. 
we can't pay anymore. Well, then you can turn to whoever the claimant was, whoever the other party was, and can say, okay, you know, y'all got to start paying now. Again, the reality is there may not be an option for that. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe they do have the money in their pocket. Maybe they have it in their bank account. Maybe they, you know, have, uh, you know, maybe you can garnish their wages or something like that to get these, ta these things taken care of. But the reality is, they may not. Underneath that, underneath those limits, it's going to be, it's going to include three different numbers. That's 25, 50, 25 is usually the state minimum inside of most states. Some states are actually lower than that. Louisiana is lower than that. So those numbers, what they represent is $25,000 for bodily injury for the entire, you know, for one person. That's per person. Uh, $50,000 for bodily injury for the entire accident. That's not only your car, but other cars too. And then $25,000 for property damage per accident. If there's more than one car, that limit, that $25,000 applies to all the vehicles involved in that accident. Those are very minimal limits. You know, those are very small. You know, think about the car that you own and that you drive right now. How much was it brand new? How much could you buy it brand new today? You know, have you priced new cars lately? You can't buy a new car for $25,000. You know, the lowest, the lower end of cars are going to be $30,000. Most of the vehicles on the road, pickup trucks, SUVs, and cars are going to be $50,000 or more. The larger luxury SUVs out there, there's tons of them, are $100,000 plus. How far is that going to go to, re to replace your vehicle? Especially understand that they are designed to crumple when they're hit. So that way the vehicle takes the damages and you don't. That way it helps save you from bodily injury and from possible death. Those vehicles are going to take massive damages. $25,000 just does not go very far. You know, what about medical bills? Do you know how much it costs to get an MRI? It's $5,000 just for that. You know, it may be even more than that, I'm not sure, but those limits are very, very minimal. What happens? Well, you can then file it underneath. There's a second part of that underinsured motors coverage called underinsured motors. That will take care of these situations where the insurance companies run out of money. Your underinsured motorist can then pick it up from there to finish paying for whatever the bodily injury or also property damage for you. Again, these are non-chargeable accidents. You know, the other scenario is you'd have to pay out of your pocket, but that doesn't feel right. But again, underinsured motors, underinsured motors, uh, bodily injury, property damage, these are coverages that you may want to look into buying. Talk to your independent agent about that. They can help you to understand more about that. Thanks for listening in. I hope this episode has helped you make better decisions about your insurance. If your insurance agent is not having these sort of conversations with you, then maybe it's time for you to find a new independent insurance agent.